Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! And that is liftoff on Apollo 11 rocket heading up to the moon. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. Look, I mean, that does feel appropriate. Yeah, with, with my with haircut. With your fucking space race haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Film Majors. I'm Zach. I'm Mick. I'm Alexis. Hey! Alexis is ripping mad vapes That's Alexis, that's Alexis, that's Alexis, yeah! I'm like trying to emotionally reconvene after seeing the wailing. I feel wrong. Did you watch it right before we recorded? Is that what you did? Yeah. We watched it this morning. Sweet. So you're the freshest on this. You're very. You are so fresh. Looking, looking funky fresh. I'm so fresh. Actually, I don't feel. I don't feel fresh at all. I feel. You're not feeling fresh. I feel stomped on. But you're looking fresh. (laughs) Oh, Oh, What a way to start the day. I'm feeling about as fresh as I've felt in days because I actually, like, got some sleep last night. I got some sleep, too, but I'm just not feeling fresh. I haven't felt fresh in years. Yeah, no, you are... You're curdled. I I would describe you as curdled. I need some acupuncture or something. Is that why it seems like your guys' shower is never used? No, it's because we actually clean ours. Oh. (laughs) I can't believe the fucking slander being thrown at me. I know. I showered right before this. I, yeah. I was in there mere minutes ago. Yeah, that's the, the kettle the calling as, the pot black the over here. The Sweat boy Alexis. Being, boy, sweat boy, Alexis. Sweat Alexis. Not sweat boy sweat, Alexis. I know, sweat boy Excuse Alexis. Excuse you. Seems pretty appropriate. You know, if you're you. gonna fucking rag on me, you gotta get my name right. <laughs> you gotta you get gotta, the moniker right. You gotta get the moniker It's right. important for branding. That's true that's true oh boy so uh i have a very very important announcement what's your important announcement well it's in the form of a question well what's your question well, what's going on wow that was <laughs> there we are we're in it you know listen you. we can't all be as slippery smooth as me that's true but uh you're like an eel i am you are you are eel business thank you yeah uh but uh yeah what's going on i uh i watched some films this past week i did too i uh me and the end roommate actually watched a few films together lovely um so we watched uh the 1989 film pet cemetery directed by mary lambert uh, Stephen Fucking King adaptation. love that movie. I had never seen it before. I've <sighs> still never seen. It. I've only seen the remake. I really enjoyed Girl, it. Gu- the guys, guys. You know, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you you're always ragging on me about certain just things, but you got no. You got to get mm-hmm, into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's the that, sound of Alexis that popping. fucking the scene with the little the little kid, the little shoe flying. That has haunted me my whole life. I've had literal nightmares about that happening to my oh, nephews, really? like when they're kids. Yeah, I've actually genuinely. It's been like a. Like, oh, I'm the, I'm probably worried okay. about them, and then I have a nightmare, and then that happens in the nightmare, and yeah, that shit has haunted wow. me okay, my whole Okay, so life. you know how we have correction corner? I'm going to go to complaint corner, because we have a lack of continuity here. Our previous episode, Alexis was talking about how she would refuse to rescue a small child 
if she was involved with well, a gang war. Well, it's just war. some random kid. It's but, not her nephew. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so a, it's, yeah, it's, there's it's a, a very kid big getting difference. hit by a car with a shoe <laughs> um, flying. That's disturbing. That's that disturbing. disturbing. That's crossing the it line. It is. Yes. Yeah, fuck that little girl. It is. Okay. Hey, I have no rhyme or reason. I'm a woman. I get to say whatever. <laughs> Isolate that oh, fucking wow. audio. That was a great burn. Also, excuse me. I have it on good authority that you are a little lad, according to you. That's true. Little lad Alexis. <laughs> That's true. I rarely feel womanly. It's more little lad up in here. Yeah, if Alexis okay. was in Little Women, they'd have to rename it to Little, little Lads. lads. <laughs> yeah. If we ever... if. If and when we cover Little Women, I know what our poster is going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's just going to be... <laughs> All Alexis, Little Lad. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going <laughs> to be Alexis in, in her like jack outfit from the Titanic <laughs> with a little rascal's hat on. Yeah. It's going to be great. Little Lad. Yeah, look no, no, forward no, no, to it, I, folks. I can, I can do a full photo shoot. I have, like, Prince Eric cosplay. I have the Please fucking do. Titanic one. I have, I have, I have Tom Cruise and Risky Business. You can have me as every little lad. Can we get you from Tom Cruise from Top Gun? <laughs> yeah, can we get, can we get Maverick uh, we in there? Ma- we want the Maverick, I'm uh, all, Alexis. I feel like that would be an expensive purchase to have a, what, what are those suits called? A flight, a flight right. suit or whatever. Talk yeah, to me, okay, Goose. Talk okay, to me. Okay. We got to get a Patreon going for this show so we can crowdfund for this purpose. We need to dress buy Alexis a, up Alexis, like Maverick. Buy Alexis a flight suit. So I, uh, oh, Alexis, that movie we worked on together last year, it shot at Paramount. Mm-hmm. They have a little Paramount gift store there. And of course, Top Gun Maverick was all the rage when we were doing that. Yeah. And they had like the Maverick bomber. Yeah, they had a they had a Maverick bomber jacket there. That was pretty legit. Uh-huh. That motherfucker was two hundred bucks. Okay, yeah, so it's insane. We gotta we gotta get no, a no, Patreon no, like, going. Yeah, this is yeah, like a, this is a Patreon the, like a goal. T shirt for that movie was like fifty dollars or something, and the fucking yeah, that That's bananas. jacket was like bananas. This I was like, oh, bananas. this would be a nice a n a n a s. I looked at this jacket and I was like, this would be a great present for my dad. And then I saw the price and I was like, I don't love him that much. <laughs> wow. But I watched Pet Cemetery. Yeah. How was that? Oh, it was pretty that. good. Uh, the beginning's a little slow. The ending rules. Uh, I did yeah. cackle with laughter when the kid got fucking drugged. There's just something about. Drugged? No, just got. Oh, tr- I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh, trucks. Yeah. yeah. Where you oh. just, just like, he just like. And he, uh. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the timing of the shoe flying to the dad's no that really I had a chuckle. I did have a chuckle. I'm a bad guy. There's something wrong that. with you. Um, yeah. Then I watched uh, Kill List, which is a Ben Wheatley film. OK, uh, same guy who made a field in England. Oh, nice. Um, I liked Kill List quite a bit. It's like a hitman movie with kind of a twist it's also is that the one where all, they're all stuck in one location and no, no that's, that's free it? fire oh right okay. uh no kill list is kind of like largely a very somber movie about like the recession and the toll it took on like relationships okay um mm. but then it has a fucking bananas ending mm. the, it, it gets real wild um enjoyed it quite a bit nice uh and then i watched the big ticket item of the week Oh yeah, which was Child's Play two. Yeah, fuck very good. yeah. Okay, really okay. good. And y- Enrique told you I'm on record before you even Inter-mate, started watching that movie Inter-mate. that that <laughs> is 
the superior child's play movie. I said yeah, that first I, before you I watched haven't it. Seen, I haven't seen it all the way yet. I, I just walked in on you guys watching it, and oh man, what a vibe. Yeah. It is such an immaculate Truly. vibe. I, so I have grown to like child's play more than when I first saw it, but I still don't love it. It's not in my upper echelon of... Uh, Let's be clear. He means the movies, child's play. Continue. I'm just trying to save you. Yeah. I'm on your side. I'm... Uh, Okay. I, I never just, feel I, like hey, you're on I'm my an side. Ally. I am an ally. <laughs> That's not how I when think When the cops come, I will make up an alibi for you. Don't you worry. What do you mean by that? Stop mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Child's Play 2, I enjoyed more than the original. It's very funny. Um, honestly, the kid who plays <sighs> Andy, Alex Vincent, really yeah. good performance. He's like, great. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a in the second one, like an Ellen Ripley type role that he's put in. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, oh, I, I know this evil and no one else believes me and I've got to take care of this myself yeah. because everyone else thinks I'm crazy, but I'm not fucking crazy. Uh to play too. This time it's war. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like a, you know, that's a lot to put on the shoulders of like, you know, probably like a 10 year old kid. Yeah. Uh, and Especially with that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, it's a rough haircut. That's a rough haircut. Um, but he's really good in it. And uh, obviously, Brad Dorf just fucking street. We love Brad Screen Dorf. legend. Uh, he, he is in two of the, in my book, superior horror sequels. Because what's the other this one? might be controversial. I do not like The Exorcist that much. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's right. I, I you read something I even more it. controversial. I still haven't even seen it. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, like I, I recognize its like importance as a movie, but like right. I never find it very entertaining. The Exorcist Three. That's right. He's on in the, the other third hand. one. The right. Exorcist Three fucking bangs. That movie's so oh, well. good. Um, nice. And Brad Dorif is great in it. So those are the those are the movies I watched. I also watched This Is Forty. Okay, uh, which you know. Uh, oh, that's Judd, that rom com, right? Yeah, it's a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that the one where um, he asks her to look at his like butt or something for yes, like? Yes, he asks. He yeah. asks his wife to look at his butthole. Uh, Who? Yeah, Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm mm-hmm. a bit more interested. Though. Yeah, it's it's uh, Paul Rudd I and mean, Leslie Ju- Mann, right? Yes, yes, and uh, Leslie Mann and Judd Apatow's two daughters. Mm. Um, yeah, mod. It it really is like setting up the joke that you can make about almost any Judd Apatow directed movie, which is this is 40 minutes too long. Um, You know, it's a comedy that that is like, it's two hours and 15 minutes. It does not need to be. Yeah. Uh, You could shave that fucker down, but uh, you know, it's charming enough. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, those are the things that I watched. Lovely. What do you guys watch? I, uh, I kind of, Went strolling down memory lane a little bit. Uh, spooky season is starting up officially, and so I decided <laughs> to roll uh, one of my all-time favorites, uh, a staple, if you will, uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Oh, nice. Um, which is just, it's the movie I always watch when kicking off spooky season because it's such such a gothic, uh, pagan vibe to it. Uh, I love the cinematography. Um I always forget that that is a Francis Ford Coppola uh, produced film. 
Yeah. It's crazy. We really almost did have like a late 90s, early 2000s Francis Ford Coppola horror director arc. Yeah. Because he was briefly attached to uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which Kenneth Branagh ultimately directed. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You know, the thing is about Sleepy Hollow is I'll fully admit it. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a bore. It's a bit boring. Really? It, it is. I, you know what? Maybe that's just because I've seen it so many times that I, I really just know it like the back of my hand so I can just tune out a little bit. But I don't know. I, I, I do think it's a little... Um, I think it's a little tedious with a lot of its plotting. It is very like complicated with family trees and who is trying to you know kill who, who's the real killer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the gore is fantastic. The makeup is fantastic. Christopher Walken plays a Hessian mercenary. Need I say more? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a great. T- it also the cast is incredible. I mean, Michael Gambon is in it. You have Christina Ricci, mm-hmm. who's very attractive. Uh, Johnny Depp when he was still attractive before he got really before sickly. Before he became yeah, th- like this a- was when Johnny Depp was sickly because of the makeup he wore, not because of his actual not, face. Not because he's now like a, a weathered elderly Egyptian woman. Yeah, yes, that, yeah. but that's actually oh, well. a perfect yeah. way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's called Keith but, Richards' know, disease. My my favorite, uh, I think my favorite character in it is uh, um, uh, Brom. Uh, Brom Bones, the boy. Brom Bones, because it's played by Casper Van Dyne, who uh, (laughs) we know him from Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, and he is. If you had to, if you look up in the dictionary, uh, a himbo. (laughs) Casper Van Dyne comes up. Casper Van Dyne is is the um, the figurehead of all himbos, which is a male bimbo. Yeah, that's really true. Because one of my for some reason, one of my memories as a kid was watching behind the scenes making of Sleepy Hollow, and they're talking about how there's a scene, spoiler alert, where Brom Bones gets cut in half. Brom Bones! By the, the Headless Horseman. And in order to do that, they had to make a uh, life uh, size, realistic casting mold of Casper Van Dyme. And they're talking to him in an interview, and he's going, yeah, so they stick your face into the silicone, and they put these straws up your nose, and I would always joke, like, they're sucking my brains out. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, like, that's like, quote. Oh, boy. Uh, so that's yeah, a man who was in Starship Troopers. That is a man who starred in Starship Troopers. It sucked his brains out. Uh, so, yeah, I rewatched that. I, uh, I watched um, a movie that I had never seen before called Canine. Starring James Belushi, uh, John Belushi's brother. Uh, and it's a movie about a cop who has a dog as a partner. Wrong kid died. And uh, it's, it's you know, it's very 80s. <laughs> it's very pro-cop. It's, the it, wrong kid died. Yeah. It, it's like uh, oh James Belushi really is a discount um, Bill Murray. In that, uh, in like many ways, mannerisms. he's a John Belushi. Yeah, it, it, wrong could, kid, Dad. You could say that. Um, yeah, it was fun. Sad. It was fun. You know, there were a couple <laughs> funny moments. But what was that? Was it Turner and Hooch, the Tom Hanks dog movie. Sure, right. Yeah, Alexis, do you know that one? Yeah, it is. It's That's Turner another one I've never seen before. So I think I watched Canine before Turner and Hooch, and uh, may have been a mistake. But yeah. it was fine. It was fine. Good date night movie. There you go. Wrong kid, Dad. Um, <laughs> and then what else did I watch? Uh, oh, Correction Corner. I'm going to correct my own corner here. Correct Alexis, it away. on the last episode, 
I think mm-hmm. it was the last one. It might have been one before, but mentioned uh, the invitation, the vampire film, and Alexis was like, you know, very nonchalantly, Mick, have you seen that? And I stupidly said yes. Answer is in fact no. I'm correcting myself. I had not actually. Corner. I had not seen the invitation. And I uh, mm-hmm. felt bad about that for lying, and I changed that. So I watched the invitation, and um, <laughs> it's um, good. Yeah. Don't be a liar. Yeah, I'm. I'm no longer a liar. I. Uh, it's uh, okay. I love vampire. It's movies, not right? great, um, but it's fun. It's. It's yeah. No, it is. It's fun. It's just not as horny as it should be. And she made a fatal mistake <laughs> in the end by rejecting uh, the vampiric family. Like, what, right. like, what are you doing? Well, they're also really racist. And, you know, to be fair, yeah, I had a very but, long conversation. I had a very long involved conversation with my friend Soch about, like, um, why is it that every movie that you watch, it's always about, like, someone being like, I'm too good. I have morals and stuff, you know? And then we were like, no, give us the vampires. <laughs> So technically, I was in your boat um, originally, and uh, I guess you know probably that hasn't changed. So I, I'm with you there, but Listen, also you know I can, I, I can ex- I sh- the correct answer is say no to vampirism when they're racist. But also he was really hot, so yeah. I'm on the fence in a nice house. <laughs> I can accept murdering people and drinking their blood, yeah. but I draw the line at racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I. Yeah, I think I think. Good yeah. for you guys. Uh, that's too. I'm it's proud too of you. far. It, it, you I know? mean, more Alexis, less so you. Yeah, I, it, you know, it was <laughs> it was fun. I liked the castle, not a palace or a mansion. This was a castle. Was it a haunted mansion? No, no, no. It wasn't haunted. Well, it was just lived in by vampires. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, it was very. Uh, I, I thought its portrayal of of, of the British elite was very funny. Um, yeah, it's a good time. It was fun. And then I rewatched uh, uh, one of my all time favorites, All the President's Men from nice. 1976. Oh, that's movie. such a good movie. It's a crazy so good. good movie. And, you know, it kind of blows my that movie frightened me as a kid when I first watched it, because it, it's a really good kind of conspiracy theory film, even though it's mm-hmm. not really a theory. It turned out it was a very real conspiracy happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wonder just if how, there's another newspaper how, movie like that. How shocking it was that a presidential candidate would actually spy on his competition and how completely commonplace that feels now. Yeah, the the idea of having faith in institutions. Yeah. No, it's crazy because in the movie they yeah. very accurately, you know, kind of recreate the events and portray it. And even the people that worked at the Washington Post said that they were worried when Hollywood came knocking, going, we'd love to adapt Bob Woodward and, and Bernstein's book into a film. And they thought they were just going to Hollywoodize the whole thing. And they obviously took some creative liberties, but more or less, they tried to do a really uh, uh, good, um, truthful portrayal of the events. And people watching Post said, yeah, that was pretty good. We, we feel proud that, uh, that they, you know, asked us for, uh, um, you know, how it went down. And they did a pretty good uh, job of it, so... Yeah, nice. It was pretty good. Alexis, have you seen anything? You've been watching any films? <laughs> no. I was so fucking busy this week. I genuinely slept like two two of the days. I think I slept like three hours each night. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, wow. but, but 
I played pickleball for the first time yesterday, and it was fun. I'm actually really good at pickleball. <laughs> Congratulations, grandfather. Wow. I'm just a little lad. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are a little lad. Hey, I'm going to play pickleball, my boy. I'm going to whip through whip of water that. Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah, also, uh, I guess... Uh, Strike update. There's talks going on between the WGA and the AMPTP right now. We'll uh, we'll see where that goes. Fingers I, crossed. You know, by the time this episode is out, we'll know more. Uh, yeah, that's right. Pay the fucking writers. That's Do true. It. Actually, we're, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, and they're hoping. Yeah, so to make an announcement. You know, today. you in the future listening to this episode will know more than us. So yeah. uh, you know, it's crazy how show business works like that, isn't it? Yeah, that's... Uh, we're we are literally. Right now, communicating to the future. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Wow. Yeah, Zach, stop picking that thing. It's getting worse. <laughs> da, 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 um, da, 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 da. All right, stop it. Uh, I think we could probably finish up, right? What? Do we have anything else for this segment? I just want to know: Do we have flying cars yet? Yeah, all right. Let's get out. Have of what's we cured get, cancer? Let's get out of what's Hippity going hop on. Out. We're back from what's going on. That was we're a lovely break. In it, yeah, we're in it. I re-upped on my coffee. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling feeling groovy. Honestly, a little jittery, but that's okay. That's good. Um, and we're in our final big topic of Asian Cinema Month. Where this is a nice kind of transitory episode uh, because we are. Uh, I'm feeling a, a cold chill in the air. Spooky season is. Rapidly right approaching, the and mm-hmm. I cannot fucking wait. I'm so excited. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It sure is. Um, and for our final big topic of the month, Mick, lay it on us. Uh, well, out of context, this is a little weird, but it is in relation to our film that we're going to be watching. If you've seen Always this is. film, uh, you'll know. But basically, are there any horror movies? that use basically the horror of xenophobia as its main theme. And what are some that we think our listeners should watch? Dracula. Dracula. Dracula's all... I mean, literally the original book is a story about the uh, fear of, uh, you know, sexually promiscuous men from Eastern Europe coming in and ravaging British yeah. women. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's we, the we British have... women, they were terrified of this. They feared it, and it wasn't at all extremely sexy. We have very, very <laughs> um, talented lovemaking Romanians to thank for Bram Stoker's Dracula. I fucking guess. Originally, it's Bram Stoker, but that was too much. <laughs> wow. Uh, I hate that I find that really right. funny. Well, that's it for I me, really, folks. I really like I, that. I gotta go, but... I'm uh, giving you 10 out of 10 for you. Right. Uh, you're, we're booking Mick at the Apollo. Uh, he'll be doing the, an the, hour. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, be t- he'll, he'll come up on stage and be like, Bram Stoker. More like, like Bram, Bram Stoker. Stoker. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah, it will be wow. that joke and then 59 minutes of continued applause. Yes. Uh, that's how it goes in my head. 
That's how I see that happening. <laughs> that's, that's how you picture that, and there's no way it won't happen nope, like that. Not at all. Uh, but yeah, Dracula. That's, that's my a pick. good pick. Thank that's, you. That's a really, really. Uh, that's a uh, uh, good yeah, pick. No, thank you. All right. How about you pick? How about you fucking go for one? Okay. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, we have to talk about arguably the best. Jordan Peele's Get Out. I mean, that's a really good one. About xenophobia? Yeah, it's a bit, it's fucking. They're they're uh, they're racist. But xenophobia is fear of people from another country. Or well, you know, it's close enough. Country. Close no, enough. they're Americans. Are you serious? They're all Americans. That doesn't well, count at all. Right. Maybe all my picks. F, my, all, F for you, I, I'm beginning to realize great. all of my picks are not going to count because really they're just about racism. Jesus Christ, you pitched this. <laughs> Am I yeah, gonna be you the chose only person? this after I told you I wanted the other one. <laughs> you had, you were so confident. Okay, I got one. I have one. I have one. George Romero's 1968. <laughs> no, Night of the Living Dead. No, failing grade again. Well, no, he was black, and they shot him because he's black. Failing grade again. That's racism again. I don't, I don't like racism. Good, I don't either. I find it frightening. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about, though. Um, okay, okay. Let's be make, real, though. Oh. What? If Mick gets to choose those, then because <laughs> I can't it. figure out I what to did. fucking come up with, I get to choose Avatar. <laughs> Avatar? Not a horror movie. That's but not a horror movie. Is I guess more xenophobia, kinda. I mean, yeah. I, actually, I okay. think Alexis so makes a good I point. I had a much better answer for the other topic. Okay, I had okay, a whole what is spiel. It? What is it? Oh, what no, is it? Go fuck for you. it. You didn't want to hear my topic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how about, okay, this is a horror film that I haven't seen, but, uh, how does, how would the host play into this? Doesn't, uh, the U.S. government getting into some fuck shit in Korea, uh, play a part in the host? I don't, I don't know. Have I you not seen the host? I haven't seen the host Motherfucker, either. has anybody seen the host? Because I started no. watching the host one time and I was so tired. God damn it. No. God damn you. No. God damn you, Mick. God, you fucked Wait, us okay. on this. Here's my question, hey, though. Why gave you both this the topic, other topic though? Ago. You know what? Okay, let's 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 pitch the other topic here. We'll do two big topics on this. Hey, because can someone, I just be, can, someone shit the fucking bed here. Hey, 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 hey. Before you <laughs> attack me, I didn't pitch this to you guys right before we recorded. I said this yesterday afternoon. And I you well, don't I have anything. I do. They're wrong, guys. but I have them. <laughs> hey, at least I bring something to the table. Yeah, and it's not right. Hey, this is entertainment right now. We're entertaining this is the like, masses. This is like if I ordered a burger and you brought me an old shoe. Look, it like doesn't you have me something, it, but I can't eat it. It doesn't have to make sense. It's provocative. It's what the people want. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is like want. if outside of his restaurant it said best burgers in the world. You ordered the burger and then he brought you an old stinky shoe because he presented yes. this as I have a lot of great ideas about this. Yes. <laughs> hey, 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 I just have xenophobia and racism have way more uh, uh, overlap in a Venn diagram than an old shoe and a burger. OK, well, then pitch a movie. That's, that's not true about because xenophobia. technically an old shoe could be made of leather, leather, which is an animal product. So they actually do have quite a lot in common. There is a Venn diagram. Yeah, there. but. I would have a vegan burger joint. We don't use... It would be a faux leather food. Oh, my God. I like this place even less. Alexis, what was the other big topic that Mick pitched, and what's your pick for it? Yeah. Hey, I'm full of good ideas. God, the wheels are coming off. I'm full of good oh, ideas. What's the next man. one? Well, basically... Let's see here. What was what was your topic? It was, like, creepiest child performances. Oh, yeah. No, it was unsettling it was child unsettling. actor performances. 
Have you guys ever seen the movie The Good Son from the, I think it's the 90s? No, No. that's Macaulay Culkin though, right? Yeah, so Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. So basically this kid, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, I think it's Elijah Wood who comes to live with like his cousins or something. It's been a really long time since I've seen this movie, but I do remember being really freaked out by just like how honestly scary kind of Macaulay Culkin's like performance was in this. So basically he's like, this kid's in a new family. Macaulay Culkin is essentially, you know, the seen as the good son in a lot of ways, but in actuality, he's incredibly manipulative and evil. And he's low key, always trying to like fucking kill people off. And he was just, I don't know. He was very convincing, very good. Um, uh, honestly, kind of frightening. I mean, like I was a kid when I watched this, so maybe that's why it was like extra scary. But I would, I would definitely rewatch it because I've heard, I've still heard really good things about it. Nice, okay, nice. good pick. That was a great pick. Uh, you know what is not a great film, but uh, does have a very good uh, child performance that's mm-hmm. very unsettling. Okay, is mm-hmm. Orphan. Uh, oh, yeah. Isabel Furman in Orphan is Dude, very that creepy. That movie made me so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, a I hell of a that. twist in that movie as well. Jesus. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's very good uh, and uh, isn't very, very the creepy guy from, and also uh, like, yeah, manipulative. Isn't that the guy from The Conjuring? Mm-hmm. Isn't that Patrick? Uh, uh, Patrick Wilson is not in that, but oh, Vera Farmiga from uh, The Conjuring oh, is okay, in that. Who's the guy? Uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Hello. That's right. That's right, because he was like, God, is this child flirting with me? That's disgusting. Why is it coming on? Surprise. In the twist. It's a little person. It's a little person. So it's okay. It's a little person. See, that's what. That's why I thought it was weird. Oh, I did, the movie does not go on to be like, and this was chill. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I, wait, wait, I wait, also wait. have, a, I have, a, I have, I have another one, but it's kind of okay. a roundabout. So, uh, Zach, you remember when you showed us the boy last year? <laughs> just a little boy. <laughs> I mean, boy. he is, he is their child. He's just a doll, and it God, was unsettling. The- the boy apologist continues. Brahms did nothing wrong. Brahms He's in your walls. He's in your walls. He's in your walls. I love Brahms. I fucking love the boy. He is a sickly, He's uh, just a pale guy. boy. Do you know right up how rally. many people in the last, like, three months that I've been like, have you ever seen the boy? It actually has a great twist. Give it a chance. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. There are dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> oh, okay. Here, oh, I have one. No. What's uh-huh. what's yours? Uh, it, it, this has nothing to do with the topics, but Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> what? That's a movie that is just racist. That is a racist <laughs> film. That's Great. not commenting awesome. on it. Yeah, again, it's just a uh, racist Mick, does movie. Does that have to do with xenophobia? It kind of not really. Well, a fear of a, of a okay. A fear, of an, a fear of another culture. Okay. Yeah. yeah All yeah. right. Yeah. You know okay. what? That counts. I'll give you. I'll give you Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk just is to a shut beautiful uh, Western horror film that's really uncomfortable because it's just straight up like, okay, so what if these people that the white folks refer to as savages actually were, yeah. and that's the whole premise. And hey, I love Kurt Russell. 
Um, but Jesus Christ. I, I kept uh, waiting for the movie to like actually make a point. And it, it never did. S. Craig Zoller is a filmmaker who I find his movies very right. entertaining. And I think he is a fucking fascist. No, he's very fascist. Because uh, he also did that Jesus. Brawl in Cell Block 99, yeah. which is also a very entertaining movie. But it's also like, what if an abortion doctor was evil? And I'm like, I yeah. don't know about that, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know about all of what you're throwing down here. Um. Well, so why are we talking about xenophobic children? Oh, we've really fucking blown it on this one. <laughs> um, but uh, this is the last time I listen to you. <laughs> oh, it won't be. It won't be. Uh, yeah, we're talking yeah. about uh, horror movies that trade in xenophobia and uh, creepy children because we are talking about The Wailing. That's right. Which is a 2016 Korean horror movie. Directed by Na Hong Jin. And I've got a bone to pick with you. There is no whaling in this movie at all. I kept waiting for a ship. There's, there was, they oh. weren't going after any whales. There was, there was, this was not a boat movie that I was promised. You, oh, so you didn't see the post credit scene where... Uh, there's a post credit Yeah, there's a post credit scene where you see uh, our, our main character, our main cop, spoilers, uh, lying dead in his home, and then you just hear, I just want to... Make sure I did one thing right. Pan over. Brendan Fraser. Cut to black. The whale will return. Nice. You didn't see oh, that? Oh, I did not. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they're making man. a sequel and he's the lead. That's great. I'm so um, done with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, the, the whaling that has I'm zero whaling up. in it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm Alexis has a bus to catch. You know, she's got homework to do. <laughs> Pick one. Pickleball um, to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but The Wailing is a movie, and uh, here's the description of it. Uh, villagers investigate a mysterious new stranger and the killings that arrive with him. There is a mass hysteria as loved ones are taken and killed. Fucking our past three movies, whoever wrote the description has not taken the time to see them. Um, yeah. But what did we we've all seen this film yes, before? This is a revisit for all of us. And um, let's start with Alexis. Since yes. She's, she's got to go play pickleball. Yeah, exactly. Um, OK, so funnily enough, as I was watching this movie, I was like, damn, because it's been like five years since I've seen the movie. And then I was like, I do distinctly remember that the first time I saw this, I was in bed, like just kicking it with my sister when we threw on this movie and I I now know for sure that I did fall asleep for a large chunk of the middle of this movie because I was all, damn, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. I, I had a, a kind of similar experience. I watched this with uh, past and future guest Sang, who I'm going to cut mm -hmm. uh, some thoughts of his into oh, cool. the end of this episode. He really wanted Hell to yeah. be here, but he couldn't make it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I watched this with Sang, and <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I love The Wailing. And then, like, about 30 minutes in, he was like, I've never seen this movie before in my life. Yeah, he's thinking <laughs> of the boat movie. <laughs> so I actually, I got to introduce Sang to a Korean movie. Wow. Uh, and yeah. he really enjoyed it. And, nice. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get some thoughts from him at some point. But, uh, Mick, what do you think of this movie? I uh, First time I watched it, it really freaked me out. 
Uh, this is my third viewing. I watched it again, I think maybe two years ago, and remember thinking, oh, okay, yeah, no, this is good. This is a really, really solid Korean film that happens to be a horror film. It's just a really, really good uh, picture. Mm -hmm. uh, and then yeah. I watched it yesterday while I was dog-sitting uh, in a very dark apartment, and uh, this dog is still kind of getting used to having uh, neighbors. So every time someone's like walking outside the door, he will bark very loudly. And um, combining that with watching this in a dark apartment, I was genuinely completely unsettled. Hell yeah. Throughout the whole film. Like the, the one scene with the shaman and, you know, they're trying to exercise uh, uh, the girl's demon right then the dog starts barking loudly and I'm like, could you not? Like, <laughs> this is not the time. I am really scared right now. Uh, I, yeah, honestly, on a third watch, I was blown away by how creepy this movie is. Yeah. This does not pull any punches. No. This movie brought the juice. This movie has the juice. It brought the soy sauce. It's, wow. There, there it, is a, there is a large pot of soy sauce. to my eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, I really love this movie. I, uh, I've i been showing, uh, slowly but surely, I've been uh, winning the end roommate over on the Evil Dead franchise. Um, oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And this movie definitely has some Evil Dead DNA in it mm. um, in terms of, like, the way that it interprets, like, possession as something that's more like a disease and almost like a zombie outbreak. Right. Um, but also in having this like really goofy slapstick sense yeah. of humor. So our lead character is a cop um, and he is perhaps a bumbling incompetent. Not the greatest cop. Uh, cop. Yeah, his name is Jungu. <laughs> um, and he is just a fuck up my, from beginning my to end. My favorite running gag is how he's always late. He's always late he's and he's always, always late scared. to these crime scenes. <laughs> there is a scene where uh, one of the possessed people uh, who's been infected by this evil that this uh, mysterious Japanese man has brought to town. Yeah. Uh, she, the, one of the possessed people shows up outside of the police station during the storm and Jongu is really creepy. Yeah, his immediate response is to drop down and hide behind a table. Yeah, which <laughs> I him, would do the same yeah, thing. Him and his partner are oh, both yeah. like, "You go check it out." <laughs> I just, I love the like, but the physical comedy of this movie yeah. is so good. It is very good. There's so many scenes where Jongu is just like getting his ass handed to him. By uh, yeah. possessed people, he is completely uh, without any control at He's all. Mr. Through this Bean. Whole, yeah, throughout this whole film, uh, and it's interesting how the movie starts with him. You know, they're having these theories about you know, is it these weird mushrooms that people are, are, are drinking, and is that what's causing these people to basically become deranged and uh, mm -hmm. zombie-like? And, you know, he's kind of removed from it because he's just kind of a silly cop. But then as the film progresses, the problem and the plight that is uh, befalling this poor village is now becoming extremely personal to him, which is where he tries to gain some agency, but just ends up screwing it up. Um, 
really good. Really, really good picture. I really, really enjoyed it. But the reason that we talked about xenophobia and just unsettling child performances is because this movie contains both. Um, I want to just ask point blank, like, how do we feel about its portrayal of the Japanese people? Because I remember when I first watched it, I kept waiting for him, the, the, the Japanese fisherman, to be revealed like, oh, no, it's not him. It's actually people and that they, are... They do kind of do a, uh, a fake out towards yeah, the end. they do a there's bit of a this, switch yeah. on a switch. There's this mysterious woman who you keep seeing the in woman these in white. crime scenes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, we think towards the end yeah. uh, might be the real demon. Yeah. But no. And if you haven't seen the movie, basically there are these really horrific, grisly murders uh, happening in various houses with seemingly no rhyme or reason. And there's also, um, coincidentally, a new um, uh, person living in the village who is this Japanese man, a Japanese fisherman. And there's all these rumors swirling that he's the cause of this and that he he raped this woman or he killed this other person. And everyone's just blaming it on this Japanese guy, seemingly because, well, he's just he's an outsider. And there is a history between the Japanese people and the Korean people because of what happened during World War II, where there's a little bit of animosity still there. Um, so, uh, again, I kept waiting for... So, I've been doing a little bit of reading about this. Yeah. The animosity between uh, Korea and Japan goes back much further than World War II. Uh. Uh, Imperial Japan yeah. invaded Korea multiple times, including yeah. uh, one time in the late 1800s mm-hmm. where uh, these like Japanese Ronin just showed up and fucking murdered, like diced to pieces the emperor and empress of Korea and Yikes. fucking took over. Yikes. Um, so th- there's some it goes lengthy historical bad blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I've sorry, go ahead, seen Alexis. like a, a couple movies that are, you know, like the history and perspective of the comfort women in Korea during World War Two. Yeah. And, you know, and I've also like I've, you know, done some research and read like, you know, like a memoir and stuff. And it is it's just it's pretty fucking atrocious, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think uh... contextually, I understand the. I feel like it's like, you know, like when you watch Get Out, you're just like, oh, of course, of course it was the white people because white people are fucking terrible. Right. We all understand that because we understand the context of the history of our. So we love that. We love that it was the fucking white people. We're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. They should be the fucking villains. You know, I feel like if you apply that to this movie, you know, understanding like the full context of the history between those two countries, it's kind of like. Well, why wouldn't it be the Japanese, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, literally. Like, I'm yeah. not saying that, like, xenophobia is, like, okay, you know, but, like, is I... Is ever abs- justified. You know, as, yeah, like, I absolutely understand why Easy. the Japanese person is the villain and why that would be a very powerful villain to have in the movie, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like, um, it's like, um, you know... We don't expect... It's, just a repre- it's a representation uh, of what you think evil is, you know, in some ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, we do, we don't expect the Brits to come out looking good in RRR, right? Uh, yeah, because you know they fucking colonized India and committed but, horrible atrocities, and you know I think it's yeah. kind of the same here. Like you know Japan, it is, you, but Japan, you the, gotta take your lumps here. The, the difference though is within this film. It's talked about how oh, it's the Japanese guy. It's a Japanese guy, but there are some kind of counter. Uh, perspectives that exist within the film of like, no, like he's just a guy. He's not a ghost. Yeah. He's he, you're pinning all of this just on this one man because, you know, you don't know him, you don't understand him. And then also the, the many times that he and it's it is so devilish the way he does this, which if you watch the end of the movie, uh, you see why. But the he's like, so oh, good. like, yeah, I'll answer all sort of questions that you have for me. But you've already decided in your head that I'm guilty. No no words that I will tell you, you will ever believe. And the way he acts it, uh, uh, the actor who plays a Japanese fisherman, is so good, where you really do, mm-hmm. and again, this is my third time watching it. I He's still, apparently a pretty big actor in I Korea. believe it, because you, mm-hmm. when he says that, you really do think, I think this guy's just being victimized. Especially when, it, when they entertain the idea that he's actually a shaman that's trying mm-hmm. to prevent the woman in white who's the real demon and you never really get concrete answers. You get kind of a concrete answer, concrete answer with uh, the Japanese fisherman in the end when you go to the cave, but you still never really find out about the woman in white. And that's kind of on purpose where you really never get a full image of what's actually happening, which was very much by design of the director. Cause I read that, he did this film as kind of a a self-help therapy for himself because in real life, he had lost a bunch of loved ones and friends and like within like the same month or couple of months and some of them were natural causes and others weren't. Jesus. And so he was trying to grapple with that of how on earth do you find meaning or purpose or faith when multiple people that you love die tragically in different various ways you begin thinking like is this connected and if it isn't how is this possible and that's when he turned to christianity and turned to religion which is why religion plays such a big part in this film i'm you know i'm a sick little freak i have i have so much fun with this movie it's such a fucking blast it really Uh, is the the last scene of this movie where uh our uh, young Isam, uh, the uh, deacon. Yeah, he goes down to this cave uh, and finds the Japanese man who earlier they had thrown off of a cliff, um, and he was presumed dead. Uh, but he finds him, and he's death cannot touch him. Asking him if he's a demon—that's so fucking cool. Uh, oh my god! And he is like, you know, touch me if you doubt me. Um, I know. I get such chills and where he's like, if look, if you're honest, you show your true form that you're not the devil. I will walk out. And, and he laughs and goes, what makes you think I'd let you leave? Yeah. So oh. you see them in this cave together and this Japanese guy takes out his camera because earlier you see this uh, series of photos of like everyone. Horrific pictures. Yeah, everyone who has died so far in the village all over his house. 
and he's got this camera out and he starts taking pictures of the deacon and then we cut away and when we cut back his hands are all gnarled and have claws on them and then we just he's get a look horns. at him and he has he is the devil he is and it just it rocks so hard um Apparently, though, there is a uh, deleted ending of this movie that I've never seen. Oh. Um, so after the, this film ends with uh, Zhang Gu lying, dying, and, you know, thinking back on his life with his daughter after mm-hmm. he's, you know, his whole family has been killed by her because she's now possessed and he's been stabbed. Um, and with the deacon in the cave with the Japanese man. Um but apparently, right after all that, uh, in the deleted ending, we see the Japanese man sitting on a bench by the road, and he um, sees a family on the other side of the road and uh, tries to get a kid to come over to him by offering her candy. And the mom, like, picks her kid up and, you know, takes her away from the stranger. And then the shaman shows up and mm-hmm. picks up the Japanese man before driving off and we see the woman in white watching the car kind of fading away down the horizon. Huh. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I can see why they didn't put that in. Yeah. I, but I, it is interesting. I love the ending. I, I love where this movie leaves but it off. It shows that the, the, uh, uh, the fisherman was still just fishing, which I love that. I love that when the shaman is like, you know, he's really not doing this for any particular reason. Yeah, he's not trying he's to a, target anyone. He's a demon just fishing, and when someone takes a nibble, then that is what it is. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Also, uh, I gotta go. I know this is a very sad film, but I gotta go back to a part that is genuinely well, it's hilarious. It's sad, but like like Alexis was saying, it's about halfway through. Yeah, is when you know once his daughter. The, is starting to be affected by this curse. That's when shit starts hitting the fan. The beginning of this movie is fucking hysterical. Well, even up like halfway through, one of my favorite sequences is the guy who was out. Uh, I believe he was hunting. Yes, he. Was, I believe he was foraging for, for mushrooms oh, okay, and he that's found a was. dead deer. Found, finds a dead deer. He falls down, injures himself, and that's when he first. That's when we first see the Japanese man in possibly his true form where he's eating out the guts of the carcass of this deer and he just slowly turns over and his eyes are as red as the devil's flame and then he hides behind his boulder and then he hears the sound and you see him just crawling up the japanese man just crawling up the rock like a lizard and lunging at him Fast forward to... Yeah, we just cut to the police station. Yeah, then, then we fast forward to... They're talking to this guy who owns, like, an herbal uh, a health store where he sells teas and tinctures yeah, and Yeah, this guy who stuff. was foraging for the mushrooms. Exactly, and he's like... And he and he was just like... He, he was ripping at this carcass, and it, he was eating him raw, and he was wearing a diaper. And the other guy... And the cop's like, he was wearing a diaper? And then Jean-Gu is like... Yeah, yeah lots uh, of adults wear diapers. They, <laughs> so older men struggle with incontinence. <laughs> And the guy's like, am I just talking to myself right here? Like, guys, he's out here. We got to get him. So they go out there and oh he gets God. freaked out oh and he God. tries to run back. He, he again, accidentally trips, rolls down a hill, hits his head. The rain starts. And as he gets up, he's struck by lightning. And you can just see him like wobbling away in the shock of our, of our yeah, cops. Yeah, are the just two like, cops are like, are you all right? right? And then he's literally, his head is smoking. 
and he collapses and then cut to him in the hospital. And by the way, he is wearing an adult diaper, which I really laughed at as he's in the hospital bed. He's wearing a diaper. Jesus <laughs> and, fucking Christ. And his poor wife is like, what's the point of drinking all those herbal teas if you're just going <laughs> to die by being struck by lightning? And then there's a pause and then she just starts wailing. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard. Oh, man. Also, the the landscapes in this movie. It's incredible. It's so fucking beautiful. The way the, it brings you in and out of scenes. Yeah, I I think that the the camera work in this movie is like largely kind of slow and still and like does kind of a good job enhancing the like emptiness and kind of yeah. eeriness of this like you know, really beautiful, mm-hmm. natural Gorgeous landscape. country. Um, yeah, I I love this movie. This is such a fucking good time. It's a great way to start off spooky mm-hmm. season. It truly is. Uh, such a good movie. Yeah. What? Uh, this what is 100% else? on Rotten Tomatoes. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah. like, I believe it because, like, I've it, seen it, but, like, it's bananas. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Who, who doesn't like this movie? I feel like. Like, I, yeah. I've, I've yet to show people. this. Sorry? Xenophobic people. Japanese right. people. Uh, Japanese people aren't xenophobic people, Zach. I didn't say that. Yeah, but he was insinuated strongly. Jesus. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, like, you know, I that mean, is something, uh, like, I've done a lot of research into visiting Japan, and there's, like, straight up, like, there's certain clubs that you they won't even let you into if you're a foreigner, you know? And I don't know. I've just heard a lot of different things. So I'm going to abstain from commenting. I mean, listen, um, if we want to go back to like the historical context of uh, Korea having some issues with Japan when they were uh, occupied by them after they killed the, you know, rulers of Korea, uh, there was a whole thing where uh, the Japanese colonizers were enforcing this rule that, um, Korean men had to cut off their top knots. Uh, oh yeah, that's hairstyle. a big no-no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like a you know very like traditionally Korean hairstyle, and I think is a hairstyle that uh, the shaman has in this movie. Yeah. Which I, I he's actually, a very famous actor in Korea. Yes, I, I actually find that really interesting because like he is the character who is bringing in like sort of traditional Korean mysticism. Yeah. And we find out that he's collaborating with this, you know, Japanese man who's like an an infiltrator and is trying to, you know, decimate this Korean village. Um, So I I don't totally know what that's saying. Me neither. I I have a question for you guys in relation to that. Ask away, Mm -hmm. Papa. So, okay, so here's the thing that I find... I've seen it three times. I still don't know what to make of it. But so we have the shaman who's introduced and he's performing this death hex. Right. And we keep intercutting to two different spiritual rituals happening. One is being done by the Japanese man after he went to the, uh, the market and bought some chickens. And he's in his hut banging away at this drum and speaking uh, uh, in tongues, what I imagine is in tongues. And he's, you then cut to this dead body that he found in the woods of this truck driver. 
and he, he's riddled with the warts and stuff that we've seen from other characters with this disease that simply this uh, uh, signifies curse. madness, right, yeah. and, and, and a curse. And he discovers this body, takes a picture, has the picture of the dead guy here with like his goat's head, and we cut back to the dead body, and his whole truck is surrounded by candles that he's left there. And the shaman is performing a death hex seemingly on the Japanese man. Now, what is happening? So is the Japanese man trying to raise that dead trucker from the dead? Because it doesn't seem like it, because when he, after he basically gets his ass kicked from the death hex, because it sure kicks the shit out of him. He starts writhing in pain and he starts bleeding and he's crawling back to his hut and he tries to fall asleep and then he looks outside and he sees the woman in white looking at him right then he wakes up the next day no one's there the japanese man runs down to the truck and to find it empty and the look at least as someone who i feel like is pretty good at reading emotion on someone's face he looks terrified he looks worried he's like oh shit he he's out of here so is he, is the Japanese man, was he trying to perform like a protective hex around the dead body, but then the woman in white rose up that guy? It's just no, so... I think the way I read all of that, which this, this is something that I have had kind of a hard time grasping the first few times I watched it, and I think this time I more or less have it. You may have nailed it. I think what's happening there... <laughs> is I think the shaman is performing a spell to try to kind of invite the Japanese man further into uh, the family. The family. Right. Yes. Into Zhongu's home. Right. Um, I think the Japanese guy is trying to raise that corpse uh, because later we see that truck driver uh, come back and attack right. Jean-Gu he takes a rake to and, the head. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, the deacon and everyone when they're trying to essentially kill the Japanese they're, man. They're a lynching party. Uh, yeah, and I think that the woman in white is the one who's actually interrupting the Japanese man's spell he, and is so kind of attacking sh- him with magic. That's because, why he's... Yes, that's why he's weakened. And the movie wants to set us up as thinking that the death hex is affecting him. Right. Because, you know, of intercutting how we, you know, right. assume the power that's of working. Montage. Um, but what's re- that's what's really happening, because towards the end of the movie, when she shows up again, mm-hmm. um, Jean-Gu has left his home and he's about to return to it. And she the woman in white stops him and says, if you're if you go back to your home right now, your whole family's going to die. Yeah. The demon is still alive. I've set a trap for him. All you need to do is not break this protective circle and go back to yeah. your house until you hear the third crowing of this rooster. Right. Uh, which obviously he fails to do. His whole family dies. Um, As you watch through, you can see the, the herbs the wilt. Herbs wilt. Yeah. yeah. So I think that she is on the level and she was trying to prevent the Japanese guy from continuing to terrorize this village and was trying to attack him with some sort of spell. Interesting. Um, that's, that's how I read that. And I, I think that the 
look that he gives, you know, the truck when the body is gone could be read as horror, but I think it's I think it's more red as that when you are thinking about the uh, death hex as being something that was performed on him. I think mm. when that's when viewed in a different light, it's not necessarily how he's reading that. That's that's how yeah, I because then it. also the shaman when he takes those metal spikes and is impaling them into the totem, representative of. Uh, the, uh, the spirit, the Japanese fisherman spirit, each time he takes a mallet and hammers one in... He does... You, re- we do cut back to him reacting in pain. Well, I was going to say, you cut to the little girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. So, and yes. she's, like, jolting. Like, every time he hits it, you see her, like, pop her spine out a bit. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, really, I think it's just a, a, um, a trick of editing. Really, I think you're right. Uh, but it's just it's fascinating to try to follow the events of this because, you know, you get um, you get uh, demon exorcism s- sequences in movies all the time. But what's so unique about this that I've never seen another movie is you have multiple uh, hexes and, uh, and you have exorcisms war, you, happening. You have warring mystics. Yeah, and it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. It's really cool, and it has me on the edge of my seat. Um, yeah, I uh, I just thought the whole sequence was just so terrifically uh, done. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Alexis, you got you got anything? You got you got any thoughts on 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 this wizardry, on this magic that's happening? That shit was cool. Hell that's yeah, a, it was. That's a, that's that shit was very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, just in general, uh, when I was watching that scene, I just was like, damn, this is like really, really good editing. Like, it's so yeah. like it's, you know, you have the music that is rhythmic. You have the drumming and then you have the editing to it. That is also so rhythmic and um, just like crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I love I love that sequence you know, so much. What's kind of weird, actually, as I uh, as you know, I grew up watching this old 70s sitcom called MASH, uh, which takes place during the Korean War. And there is an episode in it where the uh, the 407 7th MASH unit encounters a spirit it, like there's all this bad luck happening. And then suddenly there's a totem there. And in the episode, a shaman shows up and performs this ritual with banging drums and bells and has this very flamboyant, multicolored uh, robe The shaman's on. fit goes fucking crazy. And I always thought, because yeah. it's like a 1970s American sitcom, like, okay, this is their uh, portrayal of, of Korean culture. I, I hope it's accurate and they're not butchering it. But then you watch The Wailing and I'm like, holy fuck. Okay, so that, that legit... Yeah. is how they do it mm-hmm. and it's just so cool um also the scene where uh i think it's the first body that we encounter that opens the film the guy you know his eyes are all white he's covered in warts when we cut back to him eventually when we're in the hospital and there's like the emergency 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 and all the doctors and nurses and cops are rushing to his room and you see him just uh, violently shaking in his bed and he like curves his back and he pops his uh, his collarbone no. out. Fucking hell. Vicious. Vicious film. 
Um, it, it, yeah. The, again, this movie really just gives me the creeps. It's so effective. Yeah. It's great. Great makeup. Really, really great makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think Asian horror, because uh, I'm more used to Japanese horror. I don't watch a lot of Korean horror, I don't think. Um, fucking hell, they're good at it. They very, very, very effective because, again, they're showing us things that we've kind of seen before from our own movies, but they just once again, they're doing it better. Um, yeah, I love the rewatch on this. Love it. Living for it. Dead air. Um, Dead air. I'm trying to think of I mean, just generally, I. I don't really gravitate towards possession movies. Right. Um, Not your favorite. Yeah. Because they're overdone. Part of it's that they're overdone. Part of it's just that, like, I didn't grow up with, like, religion in my life. Like, you know, my my mom was raised (laughs) Catholic, but, like, you know, was a lapsed Catholic. And I don't think my dad really was raised religious at all. So, like, when I see, you know, a movie where it's like, okay, we got to... We got to get a priest in here to solve this. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know that we really need this elderly pedophile to solve our problems. Um, But in this, I'm like, you know what? If I have to pick between who's who's going to who's going to solve my devil problem, this old man in the stiffest collar I've ever seen Mm -hmm. or this guy who's dual wielding machetes and dancing around. I'm trusting the guy dual wielding machetes, and apparently I would be a fool for it. But man, that you know. scene where he goes back. Okay, but go ahead, Alexis. Uh, no, oh, you you go ahead. Well, just really quick, I don't really have a point to make, but just to see where he comes back after performing his ritual to the house, and he starts getting the nosebleed, and he's bleeding more and more mm, and more, mm-hmm. and then he sees the woman in white, and he starts vomiting uncontrollably. Yeah. Ugh. Evil yeah. Dead. Yeah, that's Evil Dead, baby. Sorry, Alexis, you were saying. Yeah. No, I, I was just thinking about the scene where he goes back to the church to talk to the like actual pastor, not the, right. the deacon in training or whatever. And the, the guy is just basically like, well, there's nothing the church can do for you now. And I was like, mm, if that ain't the fucking truth. I was just like, mm-hmm, fucking typical. Yeah, Alexis <laughs> like, is like, yeah, buddy, someone preach. Who went to wait, nine wait, years, don't. That's nine years of Catholic school. And he goes and the priest is like, well, there's actually nothing I can do for you. You know, just have your faith and shit. And I was just like, ah, mm, mm-hmm. Those fucking Super guys. cool, man. Heard that before. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so fucking helpful. Wow. You know, it's really giving me flashbacks to my, my mom being like, oh, you had a nightmare for like the 10th time this week. Um, pray to God. He will help you. And I'm just like, what the fuck, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> that is not helpful. That is yeah. not helpful. Oh boy. Then also I, I, I gotta damn. commend um I gotta commend the child actor in this film. Uh what is her name? Look up her name. Get there. Is it uh, She's great in this movie. I She's so good. She's like a very well, charming presence in the opening and then becomes legitimately pretty fucking Kim, scary. Kim Hwan Hee. So okay. Hwan Hee Kim. When she brings him a change of clothes at the police station, was oh. it my imagination or did somebody fart before she left? I think like she there was did. this noise. That's really? what I'm saying. I was like, that was so funny. Like she just like she's like 
you didn't eat your food. And he's like, yeah, I didn't like go home. And then she just like ripped ass. And like yes. the other two cops really? just like kind of sit up well. and they're oh, like, wow. They're like, what the, f-? like, you can see it on their faces, like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then she's, she's just, just like, leaves. goodbye, officers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she, yeah I, she just ripped ass she, and then left. She was, uh, yeah, you, you poop and scoop, that man, you gotta do that, you gotta, you gotta scoot away. Toot it and um, boot it, you know? Yeah, scoot and boot, exactly. Um, Toot it and scoot it. She, uh, her, when she is eating when they realize that oh she's possessed and she's just eating all yeah. of this food she's ravenous yeah. wow yeah it's crazy crazy to watch because i mean i've honestly always been impressed especially you know working on on real film sets when actors have to eat on camera yeah. because if you don't know uh that's probably take god knows out of how many so a lot of times yeah. there's a scene where an actor has to eat a donut. I was like, oh, how, how hard could that be? Well, they have to eat donut after donut after donut after donut. And before, mm-hmm. they have to have spit mm-hmm. buckets. And this girl yeah. is chowing down on fish and seaweed and noodles. Mm-hmm. And I mean stuffing herself. And it's, yeah. ugh. Yeah. It's hard to watch. And, the, you know, the, the way that the grandmother and the mother are reacting are exactly how I'm reacting, where I'm like, I am deeply uncomfortable right now. Yeah, I don't like seeing that. Those were my leftovers. <laughs> and you're just... <laughs> you're God upset that it. she's taking food she's away. She's taking my food. That kimchi, I put my name they're, on they're it. Fucking, their banchan, their side dishes looked hella good. Oh, d- that, like, yeah, that looked great. You know... Dude, fuck the person that fucking eats all the side dishes. It's like, that's for everyone. <laughs> is that a particular criticism of someone that uh, you're not voicing exactly who that person is? Uh, you know what? I, you know, I can neither confirm nor deny that that <laughs> is neither. a real feeling that I've ever had in my life of like, that was to share. No, that's fine. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I would have too. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at me. Hey, she's not talking about me. She's not talking that about me. That seems like something you do. I wouldn't know. Hey, I don't like fuck with the manchan, man. I, I, eat, I eat Korean food as it is meant to be eaten. I don't put it in my stew. It's a bunch of little side dishes. <laughs> that you share you amongst know. everybody. All right. Okay. Um, All right. There's some trauma here, clearly. Yeah, I can. <laughs> we stumbled upon. Do you, see, do you see who I was waving goodbye to, to yes, somebody right now? Speak of the yep. devil and they shall appear, even without <laughs> Yep, there it is. <laughs> She's just fishing, Alexis. Don't bite. Um, I was going to say, oh, fuck, I had something else I was going to mention. Um, but mention it. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. Hurry up! Oh, okay. So the little, gr- the little girl. I I love the scene where because again, this movie opens as kind of a comedy. Uh, him and his wife. Oh yeah, are I was having bring sex in the car. And yeah, so they they all like live kind of in close quarters in this small house together. Traditional I, family. Yeah, I yeah. think they like sleep in the same room. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, jung and his wife have to go out to his car to have sex. Yeah. And they've yeah. like... And know. I love how as soon as uh, he orgasms, she's like, oh, get off me, you're heavy. Yeah, <laughs> and then they look out the window, <laughs> yeah. and their daughter's right there, and she's like knocking, and she's like, what are you two doing in there? Yeah. And he's like, ah! Uh, and then after, you know, uh, he feels that seems deep... so funny. He feels deeply uncomfortable, and so he's sitting next to her on the side of this beautiful river, yeah, beautiful landscape. Yeah, talking to her and, and he's like you know i'm s- sorry you saw that she's like oh it's not the first time and he's like 
what? <laughs> just, what? He, all day, he's just yeah. been thinking about what a horrible thing he's done. Yeah, what a terrible father he is. And she's just super like, hey, not my first rodeo. Bro, honestly, the whole exchange in the back seat, like right after they like finish, where he says something, he's like, I he's like, I, I I can't keep doing this, you know. And then she's like, the old women told me that men can still get it up at age at age seventy. And he's like, yeah. well, shit, girl, like you got to start buying me some fucking herbal supplements or something then. <laughs> and then and that's yeah. when the daughter appears. That whole exchange is just so funny. <laughs> it's really well done. Yeah, it, there there is such immense warmth. To this film, which it needs, uh, I uh, you know obviously yeah, those moments then it just takes you down exactly the, the fucking those, river <laughs> into those the moments depths of hell. We cherish those, and clearly they're a loving family, which just makes what happens yeah. all the more tragic. It's well, literally like going whitewater rafting, and you're just like, wow, this isn't so bad. You're like going down the river, you're like, oh, this is actually kind of yeah. this is beautiful. I'm loving the scenery and everything, and then just all of a sudden you start hitting the goosh 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 yeah, goosh, you exactly. know, and you're it's just like, like, what the fuck. It's it's like going to a burger joint with like the world's best burger and they just give you a boot. Motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. And that's, that's a callback baby. And a payoff. Uh, callback baby. That's that's, callback, that's cinema. Baby. Uh, that's Jesus cinema in real time. Right. All right, do we have anything else on the whaling? No. Uh, I've I've got nothing. <laughs> no, uh yeah. <laughs> Great, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I love I how loved it. I, I love how it. organized uh, we were on this one. Uh, I had fun. You know, I yeah. Check this movie out. It's it's so good. Um, hey, there's no excuse not to watch it because it's on damn near it's, it's every on streaming everything. service. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, let's let's be let's be a little more prepared for our next episode. Hey, because, I was know, completely fingers, prepared. <laughs> fingers crossed, we're gonna have guests. I, I I picked the topic. I didn't adhere to it, but I picked to it. You, you sure did. You right. did pick a topic. Um, well, a few orders of business before I tell you what's going to happen. At the beginning of spooky season. Well, well, first we have to listen to Sangs. Yeah, let's throw to Sang yeah. and hear his thoughts. And here we go. Hi, guys. Um, this is Sang. And thank you for having me, um, even in this remote form. Um, I was really excited to go into about The Wailing, which I saw with Zach. Um, and really, two hours and a half approximate um, runtime. And it goes by fairly quickly. It gets a little slow in the middle. Um, especially after the first plot twist is revealed. Um, and before the second, I feel it gets a little slower. But all in all, I think the ending was worth getting to. Um, and it really was just like putting you at the edge of your seat um, throughout the whole movie. And the acting was great. Um, the prop, the location, the like everything was just phenomenal. Um, and I also have some like fun facts. Um, so fun fact number one, the actor, the lead who plays the cop dad, um, his name is Kwak To Un. And he is actually a very prominent, famous, and very capable um, supporting actor. And this actually caused a problem with one of the uh, like invested distribu uh, distribution com uh, companies, namely um, 20th Century Fox. They were like, oh, you're adding this supporting actor like as a lead, like why? But um, Na Jin, who is the uh, director, uh, director Na, um, was very insistent on having Kwak Tun as uh, the lead. And so even like after later, um, Kwak Tun found out that <laughs> he was going to be the lead, he was also like 
pretty much in doubt. He was like, are you sure? Like, really? You want me? Um, and I'm pretty sure it's not because he thinks of himself as any lesser of an actor or that he wasn't capable, but because, you know, he knows how the industry works and he knows the risks that um, probably director Na is taking by doing this, by making this decision. But anyways, he killed it. And in that related topic, um, Kwak Do-un actually went down to the location a month prior to the shooting so that he could um, sort of like live the rural life, get the language down. Because also, um, the Korean they use in this movie um, is very, very uh, dialect heavy. It's a very specific dialect, a southeastern province in Korea. Um, and yeah, Kwak Do-un went like down to that location a month before and stayed there um, until the shoot ended. And also related, um, Koksong, which is the Korean title of the whaling, has two meanings. One is actually the whaling, which is you know why it's uh, translated into the title that way. But also, it is the location by name of that village, of that rural village. It's in the southeastern province of Korea, and it's a very like far off rural um, village community. And you know that's the that's also the the, the title of the movie. Um, <laughs> Which is, you know, I think it's very interesting. Um, fun fact, another fun fact is um, the casting of Hwang Jung-min. He is the shaman. And in the scene where he is doing uh, the shamanistic ritual against the foreigner, um, who is the Japanese actor, um, whose name I constantly mispronounce, so I won't say it, but um, the Japanese actor, uh, the foreigner in the movie, um, in that showdown, in that like shamanistic ritual showdown, Hwang Jung-min was the only actor in that scene. All the other people playing the instruments who were in part of that ritual were actual shamans. And seeing um, Hwang Jung-min's performance, they were all like, wow, this guy knows his shit. Like, <laughs> they know, uh, like, they, they felt it. Like, oh my God, is he like actually like being like slightly possessed by by you know like spirits and like performing this ritual because he goes hard on that shit. If anybody uh, remembers the scene, it's a it's pretty it's it's actually a pretty long scene, but you see him like clashing the swords, you see him like spraying blood, you see him kill chickens. It's like it's it's a pretty um, dense not dense but like it's a pretty like very exposed scene very long scene and he just goes on and it's a great scene um but yeah Hwang Jung-min was the only actor and all the other shamans were very impressed by his acting speaking of Hwang Jung-min I want to like go off a little bit of a tangent to like the Korean movie business and explain the um the sort of ecosystem that we have um, in Korea, uh, in the movie industry. Um, like I said, Kwak Do-un is a very like A tier, um, like top tier supporting role actor. However, going into a lead role is very, very hard. Um, and you know, um, Koreans, we have a certain perception of looking at things, um, opinions and stuff like that. And so it's, it, it was a groundbreaking movie actually in that sense, to have a very successful supporting role actor as a lead. While on the other hand, Hwang Jung-min is a top-tier lead actor. He's uh, what we call in Korea a 10 million actor, which means that he's participated and actually was the lead in um, these movies where they had uh, accumulated 10 million people, um, like 10 million uh, box office sales. 
And now this is huge because Korea is actually, the, the, the total population of Korea, according to, uh, by 2021, was 51 million, which means that one-fifth of the country went to see these movies and these actors in these movies. It's actually pretty staggering if you think of it that way. Think about one-fifth of Americans in America moving to see a movie. Like, that's the top box office movies that you, that, you know, we know, like, for instance, like Avatar or Star Wars and stuff like that. Like, those would be the kind of movies. But anyways, these, like, top-tier lead role actors are called 10 million, like, 10 million actors because they're able to um, bring in that, that very, like, lucrative box office sale just by being in a movie, which is crazy. Um, not like in a bad sense, but it, it's, it's, it's staggering if you think about it. But anyway, um, that was like a little like small insight into Korea movie industry. Um, another fun fact about the whaling is um, Kim Hwan Hee, I believe her name was, um, the child actress who played the daughter, spent six months in uh, contemporary dance uh, training so that she could perform the little like twists and turns in her bodies and the contortion when she is possessed and when she's uh, like struggling um, during that shamanistic ritual scene. It's it, like the, the dedication of these actors are crazy. It's, it's so, it's, it's really inspiring, really. Um, also, the last little bit of <laughs> fun fact I would like to share is um, the foreigner, the Japanese actor um, who plays the foreigner, um, when uh, there, there's a scene where he eats a deer, uh, and it looks very real. It looks like he's actually eating from a, like a fresh deer, uh, a freshly killed deer. But actually, what he was eating was uh, what you would call a meat sashimi. Um, so how sashimi is with fish, um, there's a uh, there's a kind of food, I guess, like a like a uh, like a recipe where. Um, it's just like sashimi, except it's with beef, beef sashimi. Um, and this Japanese actor, he really likes beef sashimi. But <laughs> because he had to eat so many uh, beef sashimis for like all the deer killing scenes, like he even got like a little sick and tired of eating beef sashimis <laughs> after that. So those are some fun facts about the whaling. Um, and yeah, my opinion, my uh, my opinion on The Wailing is that it's a great movie. It's, I know um, director Na said it was a comedy. I would still like to say it's a horror. I can see why he says it's a comedy, because there are a lot of comedic aspects to it that he adds. But all in all, I think it's like, uh, like a suspense thriller horror type. Um, oh, actually, wait, sorry, before I end this, um, I just thought about another single very fun fact. Um, so there is a scene where uh, the cop dad brings a bunch of his friends um, to look for the foreigner. Um, and this is their first encounter with the zombie. Um, and it's, there's a very long sequence of where they have to beat the zombie up, um, get a little bit, and also chase the foreigner. Um, and then, of course, the foreigner gets hit and then falls off the cliff. Um, that entire scene, apparently, is a single line in the script. However, they took a week, an entire week, trying to film for that single line, which I thought was just, I don't know what that line actually said, but I, it's got to be a pretty decent line to, you know, 
need to incorporate a week's worth of filming in it. So uh, anyway, also that chase scene was so much fun. Um, and the whole, there were a lot of comedic aspects to like fighting the zombie as well with like crude farm weapons and stuff. It was, it was, it was a blast. So I think it was worth it. Um, anyways, that's really all I have to say now. And um, again, thank you, Zach, Mick, and Alexa for having me on board uh, this time again. Um, and yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks. That was great, Sang. I, I could not agree more. You're a genius. Yeah. I love you. I love you, Sang. You're, you. you're my favorite. I'm, you're... Except for Simon and Jake. How about Edwin? And Edwin. Edwin. Let's be How real. How about Megan? And Edwin. And, and Megan. Ed Oh, yeah, and Megan. Drew, Damn, you can go I fuck really yourself. Yeah. That's Drew, so Drew, unfair. Who? Drew, you can go to hell. God damn it, Drew. Um, <laughs> he doesn't even listen to this show. But uh, the second thing that I'm going to throw to okay. is the list for Zach's Halloween Spooktacular. Yay! These will be all mm. of the movies that I am recommending. I'm recommending one movie a day for all of October, so I'm going to read the list off now. And this is Zach's 2023 Halloween Spooktacular, a horror movie for every day. October 1st, The Evil Dead. October 2nd, Saw. The 3rd, Little Shop of Horrors, The Musical. October 4th, The Sixth Sense. The 5th, Martyrs, the French version. October 6th, The Beyond. October 7th, Possession. The 8th, Don't Breathe. The 9th, Barbarian. The 10th, Audition. The 11th, Train to Busan. The 12th, Doctor Sleep. The 13th, Blade. The 14th, Blade 2. The 15th, Blackula. The 16th, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. The 17th, The Brood. The 18th, Prince of Darkness. The 19th, Child's Play. The 20th, The Blair Witch Project. The 21st, Dagon. The 22nd, Zombie or Zombie Flesh Eaters or Zombie 2. The 23rd, I Know What You Did Last Summer. The 24th, The Howling. The 25th, Nope. The 26th, Apostle. The 27th, The Blob, 1988. The 28th, Frankenstein, the original. The 29th, Coraline. The 30th, Christine. And on October 31st, Halloween, we will be watching The Guest. Please follow along if you would like to. The list will also be posted on all of our social media, and I will be posting the movie for every single day on our Instagram, Film Majors Pod. All right, back to the show. God, Zach, that sounds great. You did the whole list. I'm so excited Jesus for those. Jesus Christ. Um, wow. But next week... We will be doing a double feature. Ooh. And mm. we will be discussing two films directed by Mr. Toby Hooper. Oh, I love Toby Hooper. One is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Uh, that film stars Marilyn Burns, Gunnar Hansen, Edwin Neal, uh, Terry McGinn, and a whole bunch of other folks. He also did a, a King's Speech. <laughs> Jesus. What is his name? Toby Hooper. No, it's not Toby is it, Hooper. Is it Thomas Hooper? Tom Hooper. Oh, Tom Hooper. Fuck off. Uh, Cats. And the other film we will be discussing... Angelical, Angelical, ...is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Ooh. Which is a 1986 film, uh, again, also directed by Toby Hooper, not Tom Hooper, and it stars Bill Mosley, Bill Johnson, Jim Sidow, who's also in the first one, uh, Dennis Hopper, and yeah. Carolyn Williams. Hell um, yeah. That's a hell yeah, brother. Bill, so, Bill, Bill. Bill, Bill no, Bill, the Bill. science guy. And uh, if you are looking to find uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
It is on a whole bunch of streaming services. It's Thank on you. Amazon Prime, Peacock, Tubi, Pluto TV. Um, and if you are looking to find the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, you well. can find it on Max. Oh, okay, great. Talk to Max. Talk to Max. He has it. He's got it. He's got a Blu-ray. Uh, I'm really excited. I haven't I, seen either of these. So Really? Get ready for a treat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Finally going yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen the, I've seen a bunch of the remakes, but I've never seen the originals. Oh, OK. You are in for a I, treat. I haven't mm-hmm. seen any of the remakes. I, I own the remake and I haven't seen it. So maybe I'll watch it. And that's the one that Michael Bay produced, right? Yes. OK. Yes. Um, and also, I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Purge Cast, which came out on Monday. Uh, oh hell yeah! Mick was our special guest. Oh, I so had so much fun. He had a blast. It was a really good time. Um, and yeah, if you want to find us, the Film Majors, on social media, you can find us at Film Majors Pod on Instagram, Threads, uh, now Blue Sky. If you got an invite code, uh, and like TikTok. the studio, like the animation house. No, they were bought out by Disney. All right, and now, what is Blue Sky? Uh, it's like Twitter, but invite only and uh, not run by Elon Musk. Okay. All uh, right. And uh, if you want to shoot us an email. Uh, tell us, tell me what you thought of my uh, spooky season selections. Let me know if you've seen any of them, uh, you know, because by the time this is out, we'll be two days from October, so you better start watching pretty soon. Yeah. Um, you can email us at filmmakerspod at gmail.com. Fantastic. All right. Well, that's about it. That was fun. And yeah, we'll see you next week, my fabulous friends. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.